Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the Primal Podcast. At Primal, hunting is more than just a hobby. It's a way of life. And whether you're an expert or just getting started, Primal can help make you a better hunter. Now, here's your host, Mike Avery. Welcome once again to another edition of the Primal Podcast. No longer Primal Tree Stands, but now Primal Outdoors, an example of how this company is growing and coming up with new products. You know, one of the people who has been with Primal since, well, basically since the beginning, his name is Philip Culpepper. You know Philip from Hunt Club TV, huntclubtv.com. He's a guy who's been around the hunting industry for a long, long time, and he's uh, one of my favorite guests here on the Primal Podcast. Philip, welcome back. How are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing real good. I'm doing real good. Here in the North Country now, I'm in Michigan. Our deer season, our hunting season is pretty much over. Other than predator hunting, now I'm looking forward to springtime turkey hunting. Where are you, Philip, and, and what are you chasing right now? I'm actually still I'm still deer hunting. I'm down in Mississippi, and uh, they, they run until the end of the month. So it's uh, this is always kind of a lean-to when, when all our stuff closes in Georgia. Hmm. What I see, I can't even. I don't have a frame of reference. I can't imagine what it's like hunting deer that late in the season. Now the rut's got to be over, right? Yeah, they're they're actually just winding down there because their rut actually is, you know, the, about the first ten days of January where I'm at. So it's it's still pretty late. But it, uh, I know, like right across the river from where I live in Alabama, the rut is just now getting going. Okay. The, the season actually runs there till February tenth. Wow. Wow, that's a, so. What time do you start hunting in the fall then? Well, I mean, we'll start. I mean, the season there doesn't open till October. But but as far as what I do, 
you know, traveling, we'll, we'll start, you know, in the August, you know, pretty much first of September and then run all the way, obviously now till in the January. So man, you're taste, you're chasing deer. What? Basically six months a year. This <laughs> pretty much. And you, and you mix, you throw turkeys in the mix with that. You don't, there's not much downtime. <laughs> What's your favorite? Would you rather uh, hunt, uh, hunt birds or hunt bucks? I, if, if I had to pick one, it'd be definitely be turkeys. Why is that? I just, I don't know. I've always, since I was little, I've, I've just been infatuated with the, just the, the game of it, the communication. Obviously, you can call a deer, too, but, you know, obviously turkeys are, are, you know, it's more of a everyday thing trying to communicate with them. So I've just, I've always been infatuated with it. How important is calling? Do I have to be a, a calling contest winner to be able to call in a bird? No, not at all. That's what I think. That's what intimidates some people about you know getting into the sport of it is is you know mainly if, if you if you've got your basic sounds, your cluck, you know yelps, just just to be able to communicate with them, um, you know it's, it's you can be good at it. You know I've always always you know grew up being taught that it's, it's way more about woodsmanship than it is you know actually calling and communicating with them. And and by woodsmanship, what exactly do you mean by that? Well, just, you know, lay of the land and, and you know, obviously just uh, set up and, and, you know, whether it's knowing what side of the creek to be on, what if a turkey's gobbling or, or you know, they're always going to try to go to a high spot. So, you know, it's just trying to predict where they're going, you know, it's obviously easier to, you know, same way with deer hunting, it's a lot easier to, to if you know and can visualize where they're going to, to be there, it's a lot easier to get them there than it is trying to get them somewhere where they don't want to be. And whether it's deer or turkeys, Philip, how, how do you visualize where they're going to be going? Is that just years of experience? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, a lot, especially now in the age of, of digital mapping like Onyx and stuff, you know, being able to look at a map and, and, and read things. And I also went on the cuff there if you're just, just if you're sitting there and see a little ridge line, whether it's a deer, you know, running a scrape line, rub line, seeing how they travel, and then, you know, same way with turkeys, you know, they, they're always going to try to get the upper hand to where, um, you know, like the rule, the number one rule of thumb is, you know, never try to call a turkey downhill because they can, when they're above you, they can see everything and they're not going to come downhill if they, you know, typically if they can't see what they're looking for. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I think obviously as things evolve, this yeah you you learn things on the fly, but you still have kind of the the uh, grandfather rule in of you know what what you try to go by you know whether it's deer or turkey hunting. Well, thank God turkeys don't have a sense of smell like a whitetail, or we'd never kill one. Oh my gosh, it would be <laughs> that's the same way with elk hunting. They say you know thank God they don't see like turkeys. So. Tell me about elk hunting. I, my experience there is very limited, but that looks like a lot of fun. It is, and I, I've not done a ton of it. I've, I've filmed uh, the days of real tree. I filmed quite a few elk hunts, but it uh, I don't underestimate them. I can tell you that you better be in shape. So it's that the, man. They can really go, and it's 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 again. You know, they're kind of like a turkey's eyesight. It's everything. Elk elk smells everything. So. Um, you know, obviously in the hill country out there in the mountains, the, you know, the, the thermals and stuff is, is key by moving around, but you do everything by wind, you know, kind of like whitetail hunting, but it's, it's a rush. It's, 
it's uh it's kind of like deer and turkey hunting all mixed into one when when you get a when you get a bull elk bugling and it'll make the hair on your neck stand up yeah I, I i can imagine that plus the terrain the countryside you're hunting those things in some pretty uh some pretty beautiful territory oh it's, there's some gorgeous it's breathtaking like a painting this is the uh, Primal uh, Podcast. Uh, this time around, we're talking with Philip Culpepper of Hunt Club TV. Uh, his website, huntclubtv.com. That's huntclubtv.com. And the website for Primal is primaloutdoors.com. Now, it used to be primaltreestands.com. These days, it's primaloutdoors.com to reflect a general change, not a change so much, as an evolution in the direction of the company to become an all outdoor and all hunting encompassing uh, company and philip i think that's a pretty uh, pretty cool evolution for primal oh no doubt it is it's it's, it's crazy the way it's growing and, and you know like you said I, i've at the beginning of the show here i've, I've been very blessed to, to know bob ransom and and be a part of it since the beginning so it's, it's pretty neat to to watch and keep going and, and ticking upward well, you've watched him uh, grow and improve two different companies now. Yeah, absolutely. I can remember back the old Step days, and we were, you know, I was, I was filming him at uh, Milk River. So it, it was, uh, it's, it's been a, it's been a good journey. Mm. I do remember one of the conversations I had with Bob about you. He says, "Look, if you talk with Philip about uh, turkey hunting." <laughs> He's not going to want to talk about blinds because Philip doesn't like blinds for turkey hunting. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh I am I'm more of a running gun style <laughs> guy to where I, it's hard for me to sit still too long. Well, what what about deer hunting then? I mean deer hunting you can't run and gun as much, or can you? Yeah, I mean I you know, I I think I think you could probably get away with more than you realize, um or most people think, but I just you know, I I'm way more conservative when it comes to deer hunting as far as trying to sit still and, and go undetected to where um my rule of thumb with turkeys is, you know, if you if you bump one or, or mess up, then just keep going and try to find another one, you know. Well, is that because there are more turkeys around or or I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have a close encounter with more gobblers in a day than you are a buck on an average day, aren't you? Yeah, probably you would think so. I mean, you know, obviously every situation and every, you know, place you hunt's different, but I mean you know, at the same time, you know, like I said, you can uh, you can kind of run through them more turkey hunting. You cover a lot more ground, you know. So I mean, it's it's a uh, I feel like a turkey though. If if you mess a turkey up, you know, by rule of thumb, you give him about fifteen minutes and he'll forget what happened. Or a deer, I don't think or, I don't think we're that fortunate. So if you have a close encounter with a bird and and it goes south, you don't lose as much sleep over that as you would a big buck. Oh, absolutely. You know, obviously, uh, you know, you may in a, in a season may get one crack at a, at a deer to where a turkey, I feel like, you know, you can, um, you know, outside of something being wounded and, and something like, you know, go haywire like that, you're, you're not going, I feel like a turkey rebounds, rebound time is way quicker than a whitetail. Are you gun hunting turkeys or are you bow hunting? Yes, sir. I, I like, I've killed one turkey with my bow, but besides that, I've, uh, I did it to kind of just to do it and then say I did it, and I'm, I'm, I'm all about a shotgun. Uh, why is that? I know you're a big bow hunter for deer. Why not carry that over into turkey hunting? I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't, honestly, I, I just, I don't have the patience, I don't think, to, uh, 
to bow hunt them. I like to just kind of, you know, I like to get them close. And, and obviously turkeys can see really, really good, pick up movement. Um, and you're on the ground floor with them to where I'd rather just take a gun and just get them as close <laughs> as you can and just keep moving. <laughs> Philip, I got to tell you, other than the fact that you're an expert turkey hunter and I'm not, it would drive you crazy to turkey hunt with me because I bow hunt, I set up in a wraith blind, and I just wait them out. And I know that would drive you nuts. Well, it's just weird because, you know, my dad's always, he has said a few years ago, he was like, man, even like, you know, obviously the days of, of trail cameras are huge right now. And if, whether you have a turkey in a food plot or whatever, you know, coming down a road every day, going to roost or coming off roost, he was, he was like, man, we spend hours and days and months on end waiting on a, one chance at a deer. And he was like, and I can't sit there for 20 minutes waiting on a turkey. <laughs> and he was like, no one, no one is going to be there. He was like, I just, for whatever reason, it's just, I'm it, no, I'm not programmed that way. It's just a, a different mindset then, isn't it? A hundred percent. Uh, you talk about cameras. I, I think it's pretty interesting what Primal is doing with some of the cameras they've got coming out now. Yes, sir. I, and I'm still, like I said, they're growing so much. I've, uh, I hadn't, it's hard to keep up with them, to be honest with you. I know, um, you know, they had the, the, the blind spot 360, the camera, you know, the, the little app you see mm-hmm. where it's, uh, see stuff, you know, obviously your blind side, but it's, it's, it's Bob and, and the crew over there. They got stuff going to where it's hard to keep up with them. Well, I, I think of that, you know, I, I did use it on a bear hunt up in Ontario last fall, but I'm real excited to use that for turkey hunting. Like I do, sitting there in a blind, calling and kind of waiting them out. But you know how it is. Those birds will sneak up behind you. I think the idea of having that blind spot 360 behind me and get a little heads up, because a lot of times they come in quiet, don't they? No, there's no doubt. Like I said, they'll they'll they'll, uh, they'll sneak in and be there, and you'll even realize it. You know, there's probably times, you know, Turkeys come in, you don't, you don't even know they're there and, and, and still don't know. Even you, even a guy who has been hunting birds as long as you have, who is as good at it, they still outsmart you once in a while? Oh, 100%. You know, I've, I've, my rule of thumb is, you know, regardless of, as I don't care who it is, you know, in this world, thinking how good they are, if, if, if you don't if you don't go to the woods each time and try to come back learning something, let them teach you something, then you're slipping. That is uh, that is great advice from Philip Culpepper of Hunt Club TV. He's our guest this time around on the Primal Outdoors podcast. If you would like to learn more about Primal, their products, including that uh, uh, Blind Spot 360 we're talking about and the Wraith uh, 270 that I hunt out of so much and all of their other products, check out the website primaloutdoors.com. That's primaloutdoors.com. If you want to learn more about Philip and his uh, Hunt Club franchise, uh, check out the website huntclubtv.com. That's huntclubtv.com. We will take a quick break and be right back. Do you want to save money on great hunting gear? Head to the Primal Tree Stands website and use my promo code Avery. You know I love that Primal Wraith 270 see-through ground blind, and their new Breeze blind is a great option too. For tree stand hunters, check out the snap sticks, rip rails, or grip stick climbing sticks. And to make your time in the stand as safe as possible, take a look at the descender. That slowly lowers you to the ground in case of a fall. All of these products and more are available on Primal Tree Stands. Just use the promo code Avery at checkout and get a great discount, including my favorite, the Wraith See-Through Blind for less than $200. That's right, one of the most popular see-through
through ground blinds on the market at a price you can't beat anywhere. Again, go to PrimalTreeStands.com and use the promo code Avery to get big discounts on everything on the website, including that Wraith ground blind for less than $200. Welcome back to the Primal Podcast. My name is Mike Avery. This time, talking with Philip Culpepper of Hunt Club TV, his website, huntclubtv.com. Philip, I think everybody knows you by now, but for folks who don't, tell us a little bit about you, what you're doing now, and how you got here. Well, I, I started, uh, you know, I was started the industry at Realtree. I worked there for 18 and a half years and uh, filming and producing and uh, got the opportunity to start hunting a little bit and then uh, branched out on my own. And uh, me and uh, my dad and some good friends, we got a show called Hunt Club TV, and uh, it's it's on YouTube, on Realtree 365, and, and on uh, Waypoint. And, and, and what it is is the story of you guys, including a guy I love named Cheeseburger, Chasing, yeah. ch- ch- chasing turkeys and chasing deer. Pretty much, yeah. It's just the 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 a day in the life of kind of how we do it, and how we just you know, obviously we're from the south, we're from Georgia, and just you know how we grew up, the traditions that was instilled in us, and we try to you know portray that and, and show it to to the best of our ability, and and uh, you know, like I said, we're we're from Georgia, but we branch out and hunt across the country but you know how we got started and and what our parents instilled in us that's what we're just trying to pass on i think this concept of trying to pass this along and keeping this history and tradition of this outdoor lifestyle that people like us love philip i I think that's more important than ever these days because man there aren't as many of us hunting as there used to be oh there's no doubt and and you know it's it's a Especially what I, I don't know, I call the YouTube generation of, of kids that are, you'd be amazed at the kids that just watch YouTube. And, you know, I think it's important, no different than having it on TV where you see it. If they're sitting there on the family time and seeing a good hunting show, you know, I think we got to bring that over to all platforms to where, you know, if, if, if there's eyeballs out there watching, we just got to portray it in the right light and, and be honest about it and, and try to pick up the numbers best we can. And hasn't isn't it interesting how that whole concept and approach to reaching people has changed from the early days when you were at Realtree? Oh my gosh, it's incredible! It's it's a, I mean, back when I was at Realtree, I didn't even know what YouTube was if it if it even existed. It, uh, but now now that's like the the digital size, the go to you know for a hunting show. So it's uh, it's nuts, and there's a lot of there's a lot of content out there. You know, it's just. Like I said, the main thing is our goal is to portray, portray it in the right light and, and be a good example of the sport and, and try to, you know, keep growing the numbers. Well, and you are doing a great job of that, and you have for many years, and a lot of people uh, appreciate that. Hey, you're just coming off shot and ATA, those shows. How'd they go for you? They were good. There was, a, there was a, you know, ATA was, was, it's not what it used to be. I don't feel like the shot show was back like the old days. It was, it was packed. I mean, back where you had to, you had the elbow room to get to the bathroom, so you had to kind of muscle your way in. So it was good, really good shows, really, really good to see everybody. And uh, and I'm excited about you know this year going forward, and uh, we got some big things coming. So we're looking forward to it. Can you uh, can you give me any hints? Well, we're we're actually this year um, we're going to kind of double down on our turkey stuff for hunt club. So we're 
we're gonna we'll, we'll be starting here February first. We got some original content from last year. We've been saving, and uh, we'll have about eight new episodes coming out. And then first of March, we'll hit the road and, and be bringing bringing all new stuff to our hunt club. Traditionally, we've in the past we've done just uh, fall you know deer hunt shows. So we're we're gonna be going year round this year. Speaking of your deer hunt, now you're, I know you're just uh, wrapping up your season. Walk me through your deer season this year. Where did you start out and how'd it go? It started, I think, last time we talked was I was in Tennessee uh, for the velvet hunt. And then uh, from there, uh, I went to Georgia and uh, Drake Lamb, who's part of the team, he killed his first Georgia buck with a bow. And uh, then there's a, I got in a, club with some buddies in illinois this year i spent the majority of my time in illinois chasing a really big deer up there and saw him one time and uh ended up the last time i got him on camera he was he was limping really bad we actually just came out with a show last night it just aired kind of tells the whole story of it and um never did get another picture of him again but finally ended up uh killing the deer in illinois and then uh then now i'm down here in mississippi so I spent kind of like the year before. I spent the majority of my time in Kansas. I spent this year the majority of my time was in Illinois. So, so this one buck, okay, this one buck that you're chasing, you did get him on camera. He was limping. Did he get hit by a uh, a car? Get hit by another hunter? Why was that? I don't know. It's interesting. I'm in a. I'm. I'm we're going back up there to turkey hunt here in a few months. I'm going to go look and just to, if, if he if he for some reason didn't make it, try to find his rack. But I, I don't. That's the last. Uh, he was out. I don't know if he was stove up bad from like fighting or, or what it was, but he was just limping really bad. And I got him on camera one morning for about an hour in there, and then where he bedded up, there wasn't any blood, and where I saw I could actually see where his bed was. And, and but that's the last pictures I've got of him. So I, it makes me he either went somewhere and wintered up pretty hard, or else he, he didn't make it. So I'm, I'm hoping he, he made it. He's still around, but but as far as my intel, I hadn't had a picture of him yet. So. How old do you figure he is? I think he there's probably uh you know, I think he's probably five years old. He's a good deer. He was you know, I had him he he was probably in the in the low seventies. You know, so he was he was a big deer, big ten pointer, so I think he was he was low low to mid one seventies. the the concept of, of getting a target buck and chasing that animal throughout the season, I find very interesting because m- me and I think most other hunters, they'll take the, the first big buck that walks through. So what kind of discipline, what kind of mindset does it take to target an animal and stick with that? It, it's, it's, uh, I can say it's a lot easier said than done. Um, it's, I let a lot of good deer go, but, but, you know, theoretically, in my mind, I really thought I had a chance at this deer. So that's the only thing that, that you know, and I had some buddies at camp and stuff. We would talk about it. And, you know, obviously, they try to reassure you and, and let you know you're making the right decision. But, you know, once I went all in on him, I was like, look, it's him or nothing, you know, until I quit getting pictures of him. I was fortunate enough to end up killing a deer in Illinois. But obviously, it wasn't him. But, you know, the time being, while I was hunting him, I hunted him for, you know, probably – three weeks to a month to where I was, you know, I, every, everything was off limits except him. And it, it takes some, definitely takes some mental strength <laughs> or stupidity. I'm not sure which. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's strength. Okay. So you're hunting the same, you're the same buck hard for three weeks, but there's gotta be days when you just can't go in where you want to because the wind's not right or something else isn't right. 
Oh, 100%. I mean, I went for uh, the first 10 days of hunting them. I never would even hunt mornings because I couldn't, I didn't think I could get in there till, till they were really, the deer really started going, you know, pushing hard where they were in the rut. And where I was like, well, you kind of, at that point, throw caution to the wind. But um, I had a couple setups in this one little woodlot where he was. And, and, but like I said, I would only go in there, you know, first 10, 10, 12 days. I would go in there at noon and sit sit to the rest of the day. I was just scared to go in there because the crop fields were in there. I was like, I just fuck you'd blow it out going in there, you know, for daylight. So, yeah, that is that it, is, that is a pretty hardcore mindset. It definitely takes a different approach. But like I said, it, it was it wasn't just like, oh, I got a picture of this deer, son. I saw him on shoot. You know, I I was getting picked while I was hunting him. I was getting pictures of him, so I knew mm-hmm. he was there. It's just a matter of, of just waiting on the right opportunity. But this big Illinois buck, this isn't the first time you've targeted a buck and stuck with him, though, is it? No, I know. It's ironically enough, it's the only time I've done it like this has been two years in a row. Last year it was in Kansas, and this year in Illinois, and and I got bit both times. I, I didn't come out on top, so I'm I'm thinking maybe it is stupidity. <laughs> I don't. I'm not buying into that. <laughs> I'm not buying into that at all. But the the thing I noticed though to 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 be able to do this or have this goal. It was a state like Kansas or Illinois. It's a state where you've got some some big bucks and you've got some some good genetics, some good genes, some good animals. Oh, 100 percent. You know, and I was I was uh, talking to my buddy Daniel Thomas at Realtree uh, the other day, and I was like, you know, you know, looking back, it, it, it's this how ironic that it was two years in a row, but they were literally two two deer of a lifetimes and back to back years. I was like, you can't. You can't not try them, you know. I mean, you can't, you know, looking back, you you know, where we were in Illinois and Kansas, you get one deer to where if you shoot a 150, which is a, which is nine times out of ten, I would never let a deer like that walk. But in this situation, I'm like, golly, if you do shoot that deer, you're not going to kill the, the deer of a lifetime. So, you know, I don't have regrets about that, going all in and trying and, and you know, I feel like I was prepared to where if I did have the opportunity, but it just it, it never came to fruition on either one of them. So maybe next year we'll see. This concept of letting a 150 walk, I, I got to follow up on this. And, and please forgive me if I come across as being rude because I don't mean it this way, okay? I wonder sometimes about TV shows where we see this, where a guy's letting a 150-inch 10-point walk away. If we aren't in some ways creating unrealistic expectations for the average hunter, because I go out behind my house here in Michigan, I'm not going to see that 150, Philip. And if I see it, I'm going to shoot it. So does it somehow affect the mentality of the average hunter to watch you hunt the way you do? Or do you see it as, hey, look it, I'm setting a goal for you other guys, you know, try to do it the way I'm doing. How do you how do you look at this whole picture? No, I, I, I 100% hear what you're saying, and, and I don't. You know, like I said, I think every circumstance is different to where, you know, if if it's kind of like the old analogy of, of uh, Eddie Salter used to tell me about turkey hunting was people used to come up to him in seminars, but hey, what's the what's the the best tip you can have you can give me about killing turkeys? And he said, well, number one thing you do is you got to do you got to have turkeys. Hmm. So, you know, that that's the number one tip on killing turkeys is you got to have them. The same way with big deer is if, if they're not there. Don't set unrealistic goals. I've been super blessed, you know, 
my entire life hunting places and you know i've, I've busted my butt to, to to get from whether it's permission or, or getting into to hunt certain places but whether it's even at home in georgia or where i'm at mississippi but at the same time i've you know i shot a deer here last night that he might have been 110 inches mature deer and i was you would have thought i killed 180 <laughs> so so it's it's like i said it's all about where you're at or i'm not down here saying hey i'm not shooting nothing unless it's 150 i've never been a score guy to where i just try to kill a mature deer and if if obviously now with the age of trail cameras you can see what what's what's your top end deer in an area to where yeah i do like setting goals as far as you know if you want to call it a trophy buck to where you're saying look this is what this is the best thing. This is what I want to go for. That's just the kind of the, the, the challenge of it. But as far as saying, Hey, you know, you don't, you're, you're you don't need to shoot nothing unless it's a 140. I've never been that kind of guy. I just try to kill a mature deer, make sure he's old enough. And, and, and you know, I mean, I let some good deer go that I thought I never would go that were young deer. But again, my, my biggest thing is age. I got you. I got you. And I appreciate that explanation. But, you know, you bring up trail cameras. It gets me in. Now I'm thinking turkey season, too. Can you use trail cameras for turkey scouting like we do for scouting whitetails? Oh, I think 100 percent, you know. um, And I love I love just having them on food plots or, or, you know, whether it's a, you know, somewhere, you know, turkeys are going they they go feed and fly down or they're scratchings, whether it's some you know, crossroads where they where they go strut to where, you know, wherever you're seeing turkey sign to where I always try to keep one of my buggy or my pack to where if it's if it's somewhere new, I'm going to be hunting, you know, uh, time and time again, I'll throw one up to where I definitely think you can. And, and have you gone over to uh, wireless or, or uh, cell cameras? Is that exclusively what you're using these days? The majority, I, I still, which I guess you would call the traditional cameras, I still do use those, but but yeah, I run uh, the Spartan cameras. Uh, so, and and they're addicting. I can tell you that. As far as the the only the only good thing about running them during turkey season is you're not waking up in the middle of the night trying to see what's on your camera. So it's it's a this it's a daylight to, to dark thing. But it's but they are good. You know whether it's whether it's the ability where you can go live and see what's in a food plot or, or whether it's I know some guys that do it to – they'll put them somewhere and, and they'll sit there and listen to them, go live and listen to them, see if anything's gobbling they like. So it's – they obviously have their benefits. And, and uh, like I said, they'll make you lose sleep. But it's it's uh, crazy how far the technology's come. That's for sure. Before I let you go, as we get ready for turkey season, give us some – give us your best advice on uh, getting ready for this season. What should we be doing? What's going to increase our odds of success? I, you know, like I said, back to the old Eddie Salter analogy of, of uh, tip tip of the week is is make sure you got turkeys to hunt. You know, um, whether it's public land, private land, knocking on doors, and and uh, um, you know, make sure you got turkeys wherever you're going. And, and uh, I've always uh, my other rule of thumb is just try to. I set a goal every year is uh, whether it's a, a granddad or grandma or or. Uh, or a kid that can first time out try to get somebody into the sport that's never done it and let them uh, let them decide if they want to keep doing it or not. Just try to introduce them and, and try to help grow the sport. And turkey hunting is just about the perfect way to introduce somebody to hunting, right? Isn't it? It's it's not like deer hunting where you got to sit there in the cold and be quiet. There's a lot of fellowship in turkey hunting. That's that's uh, 
that's probably the best way to introduce somebody to it is, you know, like I said, especially if somebody new, just, you know, make it fun, have a good time and, and make it enjoyable and, and uh, hopefully you get success. But if not, you know, it's, it's all about the experience. Philip, it's always a pleasure talking to you, buddy. I appreciate your time today. Yes, sir. Good talking to you, Mike. Thank you for having me on. Oh, thank you, Philip Culpepper, for joining us on this edition of the Primal Podcast. Again, if you want to learn more about Philip, well, check out the YouTube channel, of course. But if you want to check out the website, that's HuntClubTV.com, HuntClubTV.com. And if you want to learn more about Primal Outdoors, the company that makes this podcast possible, check out their website, PrimalOutdoors.com. That's PrimalOutdoors.com. My name is Mike Avery, and I will talk with you next time right here on the Primal Podcast.